Speaking of getting booked, this podcast is about one thing, getting booked to speak more. Whether you are an established speaker or a newbie, we want to see your career take off. Hundreds of speakers are hired every single day, and you are next. Let's jump in with your host, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to Speaking of Getting Booked. I am so glad uh, that you've been you've been enjoying this. You've been downloading. You've been subscribing and listening to this show. Um, you're obviously a speaker, and you want to get booked more. Um, this is the place where we go for that. Where, as you know, we're always grabbing amazing, amazing uh, people who see a ton of speakers and book speakers on their platforms, and and sometimes we'll have keynote speakers as well. In this case, we have someone who really is both. We have uh, Cheryl Jones, who is the NSA Austin chapter president. And that's how we got introduced. We had a, a guest on our other show, The Driven Entrepreneur, Jill Raff. Shout out to Jill, uh, who introduced us. Cheryl has been a professional speaker and trainer and personal coach for over 20 years, working with you know organizations like uh, the San Antonio Spurs, American Heart Association, Legal Zoom, Wells Fargo, and the U.S. Army have hired her to speak on subjects like leadership skills, uh, conversations to win fl- friends and influence people. We love winning friends. And how to master your emotions and reduce stress and build resilience, which I mean, that's a, a huge word, especially when it comes to the military uh, clients about resilience. People are looking for that right now. Her book is entitled Emotional Self-Mastery, the best book on regaining personal power, self-confidence, and peace. And she has the first few chapters available for you, so we'll get into the book a little bit. Um, but Cheryl, first off, uh, let me just say welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to jump in and, and grill you a little bit. So how, how long have you been the chapter president of the Austin chapter at this point for National Speaker Association? This is my second year. And second. yeah. So does that, mean, does that mean you got re-upped? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, yeah, I was brought on as treasurer and I spent a couple of years as uh, almost three, I think, years as treasurer. And then, of course, went into the presidential track. So you're president-elect and then become president. Because we didn't have anybody that was... Uh, prepared to take on president-elect last year, I got to have a second year, which actually has been kind of cool because we've gotten to do so many cool things within our chapter. Well, I think, you know, with organizations, when you have a a single year term, you know, it's like uh, when you you get to do a second one or a third one, just like in in politics, you're, hey, now we can accomplish something. I Um, love the way you say get to do. (laughs) (laughs) You get to, you get to, you get to volunteer for this. So um, everyone at this point, you know, you guys, you should be familiar with the National Speaker Association. If you're a speaker, just be a part of it. Um, throughout the year, you're going to, we're going to have different chapter presidents on talking about the regions and how the thing works. Um, Cheryl, one of my favorite ways to speak and one of the favorite places is looking at national organizations and associations that mm-hmm. have regional chapters. So we talk a lot about like eWomen Network, we talk about NSA and other associations like that. I think it's a great spot for speakers. What do you see as maybe like a, a value add or a benefit to like, would a speaker like yourself, like, would you want to speak at these other chapters? And if so, why? Or would you look at something else? Well, definitely. I mean, not only speaking to my fellow NSAers, but also to other organizations like eWomen or any any entrepreneurial business oriented um, organization, professional organization, because that's really over the social ones or more political ones. That's not a good fit for me, but it probably is for some people. And there's so many of them out there. Um, I'm all about connection and relationship. And I think one of the best ways, you know, not just from uh, developing business 
point of view, but the more connections we can have across the country, the better, because I think we, we learn so much from one another and we're sharing, sharing information and ideas um, and the collaboration is cool. So, I mean, I, I, you know, it's worked out really well for me in terms of, of meeting people in other organizations, not only in terms of being able to share information with them on my area of expertise, but building long-term relationships, you know, so, so when it comes, you said kind of building networks across the U.S. and I love that idea. So I moved from California to Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is no one understands why, but I love the snow. And when I moved, <laughs> it is weird. Um, but you know, like when I moved, I, I didn't have a lot of connections in the Midwest, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I seldom came out here. I went to Florida sometimes, New York sometimes, and a lot of West Coast. What, do you have a, a kind of a go-to, like a, a strategy or, or an idea or even just advice if somebody is new to an area? Like how do you, how do you plug in with either the area that you're new to or if you want to spread your wings and you say, you know, I don't know a lot of people in this area or that area and I'd sure. like to start speaking out there. What would be a go-to strategy for you? Um, or if you had people that want to get into the Austin area specifically and say, hey, I'd love to speak. I love Austin. It's a cool town. I'd love to speak there more. Um, any strategies, ideas, or tips? Well, first of all, we have to have you come out. So there, we'll take care of that since you want to come to Austin. You heard it here first. I'm coming out to Austin. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, I think, you know, one of the things I think, there's two things that I think work really well. And one is e- more easily done than another, which is, um, you know, picking up the phone and calling an organization. But you don't always have the, the right contact information to get to the person who actually books the speakers. Thank so, you. Let's, let's talk about that because every organization calls the people different things. And I think it's your puppy okay. with us, your sweet little puppy. Yeah, I am so sorry. Yeah, oh, he's a, still having a little bit of an issue, I think. So um, he just wants to get booked too, I think. I think so. He's barking, come on, get me booked. <laughs> I, I want to get yeah, on stage. He loves to travel. He loves to travel. <laughs> um, so, so they're called a number of different things. Sometimes they're called, um, you know, if it's a national organization, they might label them as the education director. So if you wanted to speak at a conference or a convention or something like that, it might be the education director. Um, it might be the programs chair. That's what we call it within our chapter, programs chair. Oh, you um, do? Yeah. So, so, and you're, then, so you're the president of the chapter, but the programs correct. chair, are they the one who's going to be sort of working with you and saying, hey, Cheryl, we have this person? Or And I know now National yes. Speaker Association works for the board for every chapter, right? Correct. So you yes. don't make the decisions on your own. The program no. doesn't make them on their own, but who's the one who's sort of like scouting out, hey, this could be a good speaker lineup for 2020? Typically, it's the programs chair. Okay. So they may have a committee of people that works with them. Um, what I can tell you on in our organization is we will feed names to that programs chair. Um, and, I, and I've done, you know, I've been in that role and where I've, you know, helped with the programming. And so what I've done is I've thought, okay, who have I seen out in the world or at our national association convention and, you know, who, who's going to bring value to our organization. But before that, I even started with what is it that we want to have happen? Because we don't, as a professional association, I want, our membership wants to develop and grow. So what's the purpose of that organization? Is it just entertainment? Because we can hire lots of jugglers and all kinds of folks to come in, right? <laughs> but it's not necessarily going to improve uh, my ability to juggle, uh, you know, or, or anything else. So, you know, we are, our chapter's focused on the 
the craft and the and delivery of uh, and, well, I guess marketing's in there too of developing helping our members develop their business. So looking at maybe an organization's website to see what their mission is, and then seeing if your topic aligns or you can make it align with their mission, then I think you'll be much more successful in in getting into that organization or connecting with that organization if you want to speak to them. Um, you know, so, you, so first thing I just want to kind of recap real quick yeah. is I love that you said, you know, so many times I think we, we try to be one size fits all. So mm-hmm. again, listen, as a speaker, we need to be able to be okay. There are so many organizations and so many companies truly out there in the world, nationally, if you're in America, but all over the world. So be okay, as Cheryl's saying, to niche and say, this is what my topic is and does it align with them? Don't try to be exactly. a trades because um, what you'll actually do is start turning people off. Because mm-hmm. you say, I do this and this. And I started off doing that. Even right now, if you look at my my website, I have the main things I was doing. It was like, here's schools, here's church training, here's corporate, here's leadership, here's this. And now it's like uh, the advice I've been getting over the last few years is, hang on, that's too much. You know, um, I I go to one company, they go, oh, you might be too Christian. And then I go to a church, and they go, oh, you're too corporate. And then I go, you know, so mm-hmm. okay. If you're a school speaker, look for the schools. If you're a speaker right. trainer, go to the speaker organizations. If you're leadership, stick with leadership stuff. Um, and then you're, you're connecting people. So if somebody wants to, I guess if someone wanted to connect with you, and because it really is a like a referral network in a lot of ways, right? Oh, you know, absolutely. I there's, mean, not, it's, yeah. there's not a chance, sorry to cut you off, but there's not a chance that the program's chair is going to sit around going, shoot, I have 14 open speaking spots. Where can I find a speaker? So they're not, they're not going to be Googling you. They're not going to be looking on your website. Right. How do people connect and make real relationship? I think that's a big problem in the world right now is like, I want to know you, but mm-hmm. I don't want to come off like spammy or, you know, with a cold email. Hey, pick me, pick me. How do I connect with you authentically, but also kind of from a cold environment where maybe I don't know you? What would you, what turns you on, what turns you off in that way? So the things that have worked well for me, uh, or that have, the actually examples that I've received are, um, I've had people email me. I've had other members of, of the National Speakers Association email me and say, hey, I would love to come talk, come speak to your, your chapter. And, and I'm like, and, and at the, the last thing at the bottom, at the, right before the signature says, call me. So what did I do? You gave me permission. I don't have to email you back or anything. You know, I'm going to call you. So I picked up the phone and, um, you know, and, you know, these are a couple of these people are very big names. And I just picked up the phone and they answered the phone. I thought that was pretty cool. So like Darren LaCroix out of out of um, Las Vegas, who's got um, Stage Time University and speaks on he's like a award winning uh, champion and Toastmasters and is just phenomenal. Uh, Darren LaCroix came and spoke to us and it was because he wrote, call me. And then um, Ford Sakes, who's out of, where's Ford out of? I forget where Ford's out of, but um, Ford came and spoke to us. And, you know, and again, he wrote at the bottom of his email, call me, uh, you know, and I think really that that voice connection is really the key to building that relationship. Email just doesn't do it. You know, you, you, so many ways to interpret what people say and how they write it. And you can't hear the tone of their voice. And uh, both of those guys were so excited to hear from me and come and speak to our chapter. In fact, when I asked um, uh, Ford about it, he I said, Ford, I'd love to have you come, but I can't have you. This was January of 20. 
18. I said, I can't have you until January of 2019. He says, okay. I was like, okay, you're in. (laughs) Well, so again, I'm just going to, I'm speaking to you and also like, you know, listen, audience, listen, speakers. So huge thing. So with the advent of online scheduling and calendars, a lot of us have calendar. Like I live my life nowadays. I'm usually not that kind of a person but I've had to live my life through calendars and, you know, booking things together. So I have a podcast day and we have, I have a coaching and, and strategy session day. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're like that, what Cheryl's saying is be very, be very open. And when it comes to trying to get booked, especially with a good gig, uh, if you're connecting with a chapter organizer, if you're connecting with a corporate meeting planner, put your cell phone, don't hide. Like in the, in the coaching world, we're kind of taught to not put our cell phone out there. Cause I want to be less accessible, you know, a little bit more prestigious, if that makes sense. Right. It can be a good thing for some clients. Hey, schedule me on my scheduler. And then it's really special. I get a call, you know, Oh, you get a call with me. Yay. But when you're, but in this case, I, as a speaker, I'm kind of the client, right? Like I right. want to buy, so I need to be accessible. Um, my friend Ruben, I told you about the Olympian is going to come speak for us. You know, he, he, he's a super busy guy, but when I emailed and said, Hey, you know, what do you think about, um, you know, maybe coming out to one of our events and I got a small budget for it and I don't know if we can work with it. He just called me or he like texted me and called me, Hey man. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're, I can just talk to you. He's like, of course. And we just, <laughs> and we just talked on the phone. So what I love about Ruben is he books about 30 really well, high paying speaking gigs a year for top, top corporations. And he said the exact same thing you did. His deal was, I just get, I just call the people. I get on the phone. And when they call me, answer my phone. That was pretty cool. So I don't want to take too many, put too many words in your mouth, but I think uh, the phone just really struck me in a huge, huge way. Um, and don't hide, talk to the people. Mm-hmm. And, you, and one, more, one more thing before we move on. Another thing I've found that's helpful is that um, when you do finally set up that appointment, do it through Zoom so that you can see one another. You know, and because I think you can learn a lot by, they can learn about you as a speaker and what your mannerisms are like and how warm and friendly you are and things like that. If you can't physically shake their hand, Zoom's like the next best thing or Skype or whatever, whatever system you might be using. I think that makes a big difference in building lasting rapport. So would you, would you want, let's just say, okay, you called me and said, hi, you know, you said I could call you. And I said, that's wonderful. And we're chatting on the phone. Would you just kind of continue talking at that point? Or would it, would it make sense to say, oh, it's so good to talk to you. Hey, do you want to set up a Zoom call? Or do you want to schedule something? Would, that, would you need that one two step? Or how would you approach that? I, I was, I think I was thinking about in terms of the, you know, having to calendar an appointment kind of deal. Um, it like, you're not available right now, but go to my calendar or however, whatever your situation might be. If you're having to calendar it, then, you know, schedule maybe a zoom call with them. Um, if you pick up the phone and call them and reach them by all means, consider the, you know, continue with the conversation. Makes sense to me. You know, let's talk about the calendar a little bit now. So you'd mentioned one of the speakers, you said, Hey, it's January, 2018. I don't have any spots till January, 2019. So Mm -hmm. if you're looking at NSA and I know similar organizations do this, how do you do your calendar? Do you do like January to December each year at a time? How far in advance are we really looking at? Because sometimes people are like, Hey, I want to, my book's coming out and I want to try to do a quote speaking tour. And you got to like, how far in advance are we really looking at trying to relationship and plan, what does that look like? So we, our, our goal is to book the whole year out. Um, we have meetings 10 months of the year. Um, two of the 10 are what we call mastermind groups where there's no speaker. So 
that means there's that remains eight remaining. And so what we try to do is book all of those as close, like we are booked through December right now or through November, which would be our last uh, month that we have a speaker. And um, we're, you know, pretty much all of those are already lined up and people will be either giving us a definite yes or a pretty sure yes, tentative yes. Now, they always probably, you know, we get that if they get a 20,000, whatever, $10,000 opportunity to speak on that same date, then they're probably not going to be hired last minute. And we will probably have at least a several weeks notice and can fill that date. We haven't had that happen yet. So, so you're going to be booked out and how far in advance do you, so you're booked out through November. And then again, you said December and we're recording this uh, March as we're talking right now. Right. So, so this is a, first quarter. So we try to get everybody booked during that first quarter. Um, Houston does, the Houston chapter does something similar. They try to book the year. So what they can do is also market it throughout the year. You know, it's like upcoming, the next upcoming three programs are, or here's our lineup for the whole year. Right. Um, people can then select, choose the date, try to make sure that put it on their calendar, make sure they're in town. Now, so by January, February, real, realistically, you're going to be solidified most likely with your speakers for the year. So guys, w- what, what I want you to remember too is it's, you don't want to reach out in January to see if you can get booked because there's a good chance they already ha- – I mean, how many speaker options do you already have? Like you right. said, there's 12 months, so you only have 12 spots. Two of them are already gone with conference and other things, and then two of them are gone with mastermind. You have eight spots for the whole year there's a good chance you already are choosing between speakers and just trying to book them. How far in advance the year before? Because I would think, I mean, even right now it's March mm-hmm. and I'll bet you've already been meeting people. Like we're talking about, you know, Hey, would I come out or, you know, who else would you have? Do you already have an idea of your 2020 like lineup or some names that you think, Oh, this would be a great person to plug in somewhere. Really? Got- how far back are you genuinely even thinking about the next year? So I'm always, I'm, maybe it's just how I operate, but you know, I'm thinking about it a lot, but so it's because I will forget. So I've got to have information and, and I store it. So we'll have something to draw from. So I'm, I know that we have at least three or four people have already contacted me and said, Hey, I want to come and speak to your chapter. And those people are kind of in the bucket, if you will, that are kind of waiting for next year. Um, a lot will have to do with the complexity of the board next year. Now, we'll, you know, the boards change every, typically every year. And so that, that group of people will change in, in the, what, I guess we change over in June. Um, and so, you know, they're going to have some probably maybe different needs, but at least they'll have some place to start in planning the following year. So I don't think it's ever really too early to, and then the, the, the deal is follow up remind us that you're out there, you'd still like to come. And, and it may be that our organization is just, you know, very organized. Maybe not all professional associations are that far out with their organization. Yeah, but guess- shocking, shockingly, it's, it's, not, it's pretty close. Um, oh, one of the, yeah, you know, e-women will do six months at a time. And mm-hmm. we've talked about that. And again, if you're listening to this, you know, go back and we have different episodes where, where I interview different types of organizations. So for Cheryl, she's talking specifically NSA and specifically the Austin chapter, right? Which is not dissimilar to the other ones, but it is the way your board is operating. So the neat thing is this. So Cheryl and I, as an example, we can connect here in March of 2019. She said the board's going to change over in June, which means there could be a new president. I'm assuming that's yes. possible. Um, <laughs> 
But here's what's neat though. Once you befriend and make a relationship with someone like Cheryl, there's a good chance she's not going to disappear. She might turn into, you know, she might go into another uh, position. She might be just a board member. She might be a secretary after that, whatever it is. So Cheryl is always going to have a voice. She's always going to have a weighing in, so to speak, to the relationships. I'm certain because of, you know, the respect that you've garnered over the years of serving at NSA. So guys, like, again, don't be scared of building relationships with people and make real relationships. Cheryl, I want to talk about you just a little bit more. So thank you for this. This is really great. I think the big takeaways I'm pulling is put your cell phone in, be willing to answer the phone, be willing to call people, be willing to make relationships and connections and do it early. So we give enough time for the schedules. Um, You also, of course, are a pretty prominent speaker. Can we just pivot for a moment and talk about, um, you know, your book, really cool book title, The uh, Emotional Self-Mastery. It's available on Amazon. We'll put a link on there in the show notes. So make sure you guys check that out, um, Emotional Self-Mastery. And if you go in the show notes, there's also a link Cheryl gave us, really cool, as a free gift. You can actually just download the first few chapters of the book uh, for free and check it out and get the value from there. And certainly, if it's something that you love, you're going to get the rest of the book. So it's all good. Um, And then you can also find her at simplythebestresults.com simplythebestresults.com is her main website. This is for your consulting, your speaking, and, and all the work you do. Um, tell me a little bit about, about you getting booked and doing some of the work because you have tremendous work you do. I love your website, simplythebestresults.com. Tell me about how you've gotten some of your maybe more prominent gigs. What was a strategy you used maybe? How did you meet the person? I'd really love to get some insight into that because you've worked, like I said, with you know, the U.S. Army Medical Division, San Antonio Spurs. That's amazing. Uh, Wells Fargo. How, do you, how, do you, how, do, how did some of these come about? You know, it's not, it's not what you might think. <laughs> I mean, it's, you well, know, it's never what we might think, you know, it's so funny because, you know, I've been in business so long and if I could just clone some of those, those groups, it would surely be wonderful or those relationships, but really that's what it boiled down to. It boiled down to meeting people and, um, and, or them, most of them, I mean, so much of my business is by self-referral and word of mouth. So they hear me speak and they go, hey, could you do that for us? Or would you come and speak to our organization? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Or, you know, would, could that fit for this? I mean, so I, you know, not, I mean, I've worked with Spurs to funeral homes. I mean, you know, I mean, really? <laughs> and then all kinds of things in between. So, um, you know, associations, et cetera. But um, so How much, much of your speaking of would you say comes from... So let's talk about referral versus okay. audience seeing you speak. So this is one I'm interested in. Um, I, I love the idea. And I've heard a lot of speakers talk about someone is in the audience and they go, oh, I love this talk. Could you do it for our company? Where, what kind of scenarios and what kind of speeches are you having an audience member that represents and could actually book you? Because that's in, like, I'd be willing to, for instance, go speak for free at a place if I know that the audience is might have at least a handful of people that could book me for a company. What kinds of things have you found? So I'm, I'm trying, you know, so usually the decision maker is not in the audience, which is kind of interesting. And so it's somebody who's an influencer who goes back and tells somebody at that organization that they, that they heard a really good speaker today. Um, Sometimes it's topic driven. So it might be, you know, around communication or efficiency or um, any number of things. Um, 
the the way you know so much of it has i mean it usually is almost always professional organizations. The people that seem to have the most influence, which I think is the question you're asking when it comes to hiring, being in the audience and hiring me, um, are people that are people who are marketers. So, um, or, or what would we call them? Um, directors of marketing. So a professional association that might support that might be the American Marketing Association. Oh, hello. Um, hello. Yeah. The American Marketing Association. <laughs> American Marketing Association. Um, I, another one was, I don't know their proper name, um, but it, they were all um, not CPAs, but accountants for large organizations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they actually can be quite a lot of fun. Um, accountants, you think numbers, actuaries, you know, that kind of thing um, as well. Uh but that actually, the, the group, the accounting group actually resulted in a couple different um, opportunities to work with different organizations. So, it, you know, so look for those professional associations that have the more influential, that house the more influential uh, people within an organization. So your marketing directors and, and uh, those accounting folks and then other, other areas, you know, people that are less influential in terms of, you know, maybe just, you know, a networking group that can be really helpful, but a networking group, like a BNI group or a, a do you have BNI up where you oh, are? Yeah, you know, we have BNI. Well, you know, I don't know yeah. if it's in Michigan. I haven't looked for it, but I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those type groups, which typically I, I don't know, you know, I haven't spoken to any of them, but, but ones like them are going to be a lot of, tend to be a lot of entrepreneurs, not necessarily, um, they're going to be willing to bring me into their smaller organization. Makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, it does. So you have like you know a real estate agent, you have a, right a insurance broker or something. Now, what's interesting yeah. though, again, depending on on what your topic is and who your ideal client is, like one of the things I, I've done for years is I, I I started off as a real estate broker. Most people know my story, so I love going into if if a real estate agent saw me at a seminar. I'd say, hey, do you guys have a sales meeting? And if, you know, like Keller Williams will have a sales meeting with sometimes 50 to 100 agents on a Tuesday morning. So I'm be happy to come in and go speak for 10, 20 minutes at their sales meeting. Mm-hmm. Have all these people. But again, it's like, I, I, then I might offer a low end, uh, like personal development or mindset program. Mm-hmm. And that fits, right? So make sure you know what fits. I think Absolutely. that's key too. So, so you'd be willing to go, Cheryl, to the American Marketing Association, accounting associations or organizations. Because think about it, you have this conference where accountants from all over are coming to talk about accounting. And if you could speak on leadership, motivation, whatever your topic is, mm-hmm. now you potentially have uh, like an influencer. You have maybe 100 influencers at 100 different companies. Exactly. Or maybe there's a few people, you know, so maybe 70 companies. Mm-hmm. But what's the chance that you're going to get? two, three, four, five of them coming up. If you crush it saying, I love that. Can you come in and do something here? Let me introduce you to someone. So, so be willing to, to look for introductions, be willing to build a relationship with not a decision maker and follow it up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. definitely. So have you had any luck with kind of cold introductions, you know, as you build your speaking career and on that side of things, if you said, you know, I did this on my website or I reached out to so-and-so or such-and-such, like, do you do a lot of marketing on your, on your end or is it, do you really focus primarily on the relationships and meeting the influencers and referrals and whatnot? So over the 20 plus years I've been in business, I've tried a number of different things. I've tried postcard campaigns. I've tried email campaigns. I've tried 
personal letters on blue in blue envelope campaigns. I have tried all kinds of things. I mean, you know, and um, the thing I, if, I don't have the exact data in my head, but what I can tell you is those were epic fails. <laughs> <laughs> right. They were epic fails. So it was a lot of wasted time and energy and money. And um, what has really worked best for me is referrals, meeting people. You know, um, I, I'm not, I used to go to a lot of events, chamber events, and I was involved in, you know, um, different different groups in the community just so I could kind of be out there. It, it took a lot of energy and and drained a lot of energy from me as well, but it also took a lot of time. And I, in some cases that was helpful, but typically that didn't, if I was going to those kinds of events, the, the coffees or the, the happy hours, I wasn't meeting the right people who could then bring me into the organization. Um, so what has really worked best for me is, is to stay in touch via a blog. And I'm not even super regular about that. Um, the blog people are probably cringing right now. Um, but I write <laughs> when I have something to say. And I yes. don't write if I don't have anything to say. And, uh, and so that just reminds people I'm out there. And I try to build relationships so, and make it about them and not about me. You know, it's, it's more about this, you know, this genius question somebody approached me with once at an event and said, what are you excited? We're just meeting for the first time. And he said to me, what are you super excited about in your life right now? And I was like, great question. I think about it, you know, and I was like, oh, well, I'm doing this and that. And I said, tell me about you. And all of a sudden there was this kind of connection, you know, well, that then you're uh, talking about kids and you're talking about sports and you're talking mm -hmm. about projects and, and you're not saying, oh, what do you do? And tell me your elevator pitch and the kind yeah. of stuff that you never remember. Right. Right. That's, or buy me, please. <laughs> That's oh how it comes goodness. across. Well, and, and I think, I mean, I, 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 I appreciate that you said that in such like just kind of direct candor is, you know, it's not that we're knocking, say, a local chamber of commerce or a networking group. I think it depends on your outcome, though. You know, and if right. you, like my take, I think it's similar to you, Cheryl, like my take is if you want to be a more prominent speaker, don't run around with a flashing name badge to every networking group and try to sell your wares, you know, don't like, that's not what gets you booked. Right. Go there. And like, I, I would love, sometimes I would go there to the right place if my target market were attendees for that kind of an event mm -hmm. and maybe meet the people and say, hey, I'm, when they say, what do you do? Don't say, oh, I help business owners like you. No, when they introduce themselves, say, what do you do? Oh, I'm a speaker and I speak on topics like this at mm -hmm. events and chambers and networking groups just like this one. That's one of my kind of go-to introductions for myself. And the, the presidents and the people go, oh, well, I, yeah, I think that's great. I've Absolutely. had times when they said, could you come speak next month? I'm like, sure I could. <laughs> so rather than trying to sell one person something, I get out of that sales mode and get into a relationship mode. I sure appreciate that. Cheryl, yeah. let's uh, kind of final questions here. Tell me a little bit about like when I go to just pivoting back to you and I get back to the emotional self-mastery book and the first few chapters, tell me like, what could I expect? Who is it for? And uh, just a little bit of that story of like, why this book? So this, um, sure, I'd be glad to talk about that. And uh, gosh, there's so much to talk about. It. That's one of the things that really excites me. Yeah. Well, who's it for mostly? It, it really is for, and I don't want to say everyone, but there is something in there for everyone. But those folks who 
maybe um, aren't where they'd like to be in their life, aren't feeling joyful and happy 75% or more of the time, but would like to feel that way. Uh, those who are struggling, who have maybe history and stories that they tell themselves or remind themselves of about why they can't do this or can't do that or, oh yeah, well, I'm whatever, you know, um, those who maybe lack a little confidence to really just go for it. Um, I've been there. I am that, I am that person. I was that person. I was, you know, I mean, it, it, we all go in and out of that clear self-confidence, you know, and we're going to go for it kind of thing. We go in and out of that all the time. Uh, but this book is really talks about the how we get in a stuck mindset. And I know you talk about that and, and how our mindset can really limit us and our self-talk can limit us. And just by retraining our, self, our self-talk and retraining uh, and reframing in a lot of ways our past experiences that are, that are limiting us or holding us back, we can really move forward. And, and it gets into the book. The first early chapters talk about neuroplasticity and how, oh, cool. you know, your the pathways, we, you know, it's kind of like the path that you always think is the way you're always going to think until you interrupt it. And so there's 12 techniques in the book to interrupt those unhelpful, unsupportive, limiting patterns of thinking so you can choose something different. It's all about being at choice. Uh, so it, it's really powerful. It's it, their techniques. I've used every single one of them. Some of them I've developed myself. Others are ones that I've learned from others that have then put my spin on it. Um, it's a quick read. It's an easy read. It's not a super thick book, which is great because the intention is to have people read it and be able to take, take control of their life. That's phenomenal. So as you heard it here, Cheryl, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. You've been amazing. I'm looking forward to getting to know you and your puppy better and better. <laughs> Thanks so much, Matt. Hope to see you in Austin real soon. You know, I'm available 2020. <laughs> hey, it works for us. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. All right, guys. So that was Cheryl Jones, the NSA chapter president for uh, uh, Austin. NSA Austin. We talked about how to build speaking referrals, how to connect with influencers, being available with your cell phone, calling people, being willing to pick up your phone, and then also connecting. We talked about um, Cheryl's ideas of connecting with influencer type audiences, like going to accounting or CPA associations or marketing associations and going there and booking yourself as much as you can at those so you can meet the people that are introducing you to influencers at the companies. Remember, pick up her book, Emotional Self Mastery. Helping people reach the next level by eliminating old thought patterns, 12 limiting patterns. Um, I love that. Go through actually learning the techniques to get rid of those. We have a link on Amazon there. You can also follow Cheryl at LinkedIn and Facebook at Cheryl C. Jones. LinkedIn is Cheryl Jones Motivation Expert and Facebook is Cheryl CJ number four. We'll have the links all in the show notes for you. Um, <laughs> make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And I'm looking forward to getting you booked on stage. 